It's Dwight here, and welcome to another edition of Legacy Crown. This podcast is to help Christians navigate the ever-changing world using the unchanging Word of God. The goal here is to point people to Christ beyond church sermons, Bible study, and Sunday school. We will cover current events and specific topics where the Bible is the final authority. All of us will leave a legacy by default or design. Okay, let's turn the lights on. Graduation from school is one of life's most outstanding achievements. Usually the person with the highest grades in the graduating class is the one selected as valedictorian. One benefit of being a valedictorian is to give a farewell speech at a graduation ceremony. The contents of these speeches usually give thanks to teachers and staff, reflect experiences with other students, and inspire fellow graduates to be productive in whatever they decide to do in their future. Some of these farewell remarks are simply unforgettable. Speaking of unforgettable remarks, today's story comes from a church in Atlanta, Georgia. A Morehouse valedictorian gave a speech that may have surprised some people on whom to call when life's struggles are getting the best of us. And it is not Jesus. George Pratt, a 2023 history and religious graduate from Morehouse College, urges the congregation to embrace ancestral worship. Pratt, who also claims to be a sixth-generation son of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, told the congregation that they can call on both Jesus and their ancestors for assistance. Ancestral worship is common worldwide, particularly in China, Vietnam, and parts of India, Africa, Mexico, and certain indigenous American tribes. Since the speech was delivered in an African Methodist Episcopal Church, let's take a closer look at Africa Ancestral worship is a significant part of the traditional African worldview in countries like Nigeria, Ghana, and South Africa. It is considered veneration and not worship. However, the term veneration is honoring the dead through prayer, offerings, and sacrifice. It has many superstitions that are deeply rooted in avoiding tragedy in the family, health, or financial issues. The purpose is to reassure those who are living that their ancestors are still remembered and loved. Pratt referred himself as a liberationist. The theology of liberation is a combination of Marxist philosophy mixed with specific biblical principles. This philosophy argues that we should reconstruct the whole Christian theology by seeing it through the lens of the oppressor and the oppressed. Its goal is not to understand the world, but to change it. This is a part of the CRT, or critical race theory. In a nutshell, it divides people into categories and determines who has privilege based on skin color. It is an attempt to normalize ancestral worship while attending church. Pratt also said ancestors are viewed as manifestations of God and can intercede for us in spiritual domain. However, nowhere in the Bible we are told that the dead functions as intermediaries between God and man. Paul said this about those who want to add something to the gospel. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who are called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. That's Galatians 1, 6 and 7. The Bible's relation to the story comes from King Saul and the witch of Endor in 1 Samuel 28, 7 and 19. Here's what it says. Then Saul says to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, in fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. 
So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes and he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night. And he said, please conduct a seance for me and bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Then the woman said to him, look, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritualists from the land. Why you then lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, whom should I bring up for you? And he said, bring Samuel for me. When a woman saw Samuel, she cried out in a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out from the earth. So he said to her, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming up and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Then Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me in bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me. And God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Then Samuel said, Why then you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. Because you do not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon the Amalekites. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing for you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. Few things to note about these verses. Saul rapidly declined in conduct and character when the spirit of the Lord left him because his rebellion was like practicing witchcraft. Saul asked for Samuel in a seance conducted by a witch while in disguise, asking for Samuel, awaken the witch's suspicions of the identity of her visitor. This witch says she sees Samuel's spirit coming up from the earth. Ecclesiastes 3.21 says, who knows the spirit of man that goes upward and the spirit of the beast that goes downward to the earth. Saul did not see or hear anything. He had to rely on what a witch was telling him. The witch selectively told Saul pieces of the truth, the common trick of the enemy. A half truth is a whole lie. David said the dead cannot return in 2 Samuel 12 and 23. Job 14 verse 10 and 12 says, but a man dies and is laid away. Indeed, he breathes his last. So where is he? So a man lies down and does not rise till the heavens are no more. They will not awake or be aroused from their sleep. Samuel would never acknowledge such power in the magical arts. If God is not speaking, his prophets are not speaking and his angels are not speaking. Ecclesiastes 9 and 5 says, for the living now know that they shall die. The dead know not anything, neither have they have any more reward, for their memory of them is forgotten. The spiritual reason of this tragedy of King Saul can be found in First Chronicles chapter 10, 13 and 14. It says, so Saul died of his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord because he did not keep the word of the Lord 
and also because he consulted a medium for guidance. But he did not inquire of the Lord. Therefore, he killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. What promises or lessons can we apply to our daily lives? Have we ever had our palms read or been involved in a seance? The Bible tells us repeatedly not to contact or attempt to contact the dead. A dead grandma, uncle, cousin, or others cannot save or help us. Romans 10, 13 says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There is no calling for Jesus and calling for the ancestors when we need help. We cannot get bitter and sweet water from the same fountain. This is a clear violation of the first commandment. God said, no other gods before me. The use of trinkets, statues, or lucky charms have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes they have, but do not see. They have ears, but do not hear. Noses they may have, but do not smell. They have hands, but do not handle. Feet they have, but do not walk. Idolatry is when we worship a false god or worship one true God falsely. Adding to what is not in scripture is worshiping God falsely. Death defeated every ancestor across time and cultures, but did not defeat Jesus. Ancestors cannot intercede for us and are not viewed as manifestations of God. Paul says in 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. This has now been witnessed to at a proper time. Calling on dead people for help or guidance will certainly keep you out of heaven, but it will not keep you out of hell. There are two spirits according to 1 John 4 and 6. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. The spirit of error is evident in our speech because of the influence of the world. The spirit of error causes us to crave supernatural aid to something that cannot save us. The spirit of error repeats our mistakes, which can bring us pain and trouble. The spirit of error causes us to love what we should hate and hate what we should love. The spirit of truth liberates us from the spirit of error. John 8 and 32 says, and we shall know the truth and the truth shall set us free. The spirit of truth is the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us. The spirit of truth speaks of truth and love, but with accuracy. Paul reminds us in Romans 1 that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became in their imaginations like using ancestors as present help in a time of trouble. God does not share first place. Everything is about him, for him, and through him. He is all and in all. He is the one true God and not a God. The difference between those who accept or reject Christ is where they look for help. We can file ancestral worship under the tradition of man, which has no equal authority to the word of God. I would like to close with this final thought. No matter how we use softening words like veneration, it is still the sin of idolatry from God's perspective. The best way to honor an ancestor's legacy is to pass on the things of lasting value to those who are still alive. Not monetary assets or secret recipes 
or quirky quotes, but passing God's truth by obeying his commandments and loving others. When one generation succeeds another, they must relate of all God's wonderful works by passing down our faith in Jesus Christ and living by the truth of his holy word. Podcast verse is from Ephesians 4.29. And here's what it says. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may administer grace unto the hearers. Special shout out to Colin on his show, Fight for Truth podcast on YouTube. Check out what he said about the movie Barbie from a biblical critique. Before we go, I must mention my latest book release called Wife, Life and Legacy. Wife, Life and Legacy is available on Amazon or where books are sold. The book is available on paperback or ebook. This book is an excellent read for couples who plan to marry. Parents, it is a beautiful gift for your single adult children or anyone considering marriage. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. Please follow, subscribe, and download this podcast to help grow the listening audience. While you're at it, if you find value to this show, we appreciate it with the rating or whatever platform you are using. Tell your friends, family, or anyone who can benefit from listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening. Until next time, peace.